Hey guys, I have another two-part episode coming at you. I know you love that. I break it up for you so you don't have to listen to an hour-long podcast. You can listen to two shorter podcasts and break it up. You're welcome. I'm joined with my husband again, Tom, and we are talking about the war on the dollar. We thought we were in a war on Ukraine coming out of Russia, but it's a war on the dollar. And we've been talking about this for a little while, but we spend a whole episode really diving into the history and the consequences, if you will, of what's to come from this, gosh, in a lot of ways, self-imposed dollar crisis. Okay, so we're going to talk about that. And I also wanted to mention that my devotional is available and you can get the first three days. It's a 30-day devotional. It's called A Devotional for a Divided Nation. It's specifically relevant to what we're walking through as a country right now in this moment in history. So I think you'll really like it and be encouraged. It's 30 days and you can get the first three days free if you join my newsletter and I will put the link down below so that you can click on that and I send a newsletter out uh, about anywhere from once a month to once every couple of months. So it's not super annoying, but if you're on that newsletter, you're automatically going to get the first three days of the devotional and then you can decide if you love it and you can grab the rest of it for $7.99 or if you know I think that's cool, I want to support Wendy. I'm going to get that devotional. I'll put that link in the show notes also so you can just go ahead and grab those 30 days. I'm working on the second 30 days, volume two, a devotional for a divided nation. So keep an eye out for that. But without further ado, let's go into our conversation about the war on the dollar. Let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, because we're going to laugh, and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So tonight, I want to chat about primarily the war on the dollar. And we're going to dive into that. I'm here with my husband again, Tom. We're going to dive into that. But just for fun, I want to put on the record my theory about the Hunter Biden laptop. Just because it occurred to me that obviously it's becoming more and more apparent that the left never intended for Joe Biden to be a two-term president. A, because he's 100 million years old and definitely is losing his mind in front of our very eyes. There was an amazing clip we watched last night of, oh, I'll have to include it in the show notes. I will find it and you need to watch it and and just enjoy that little moment of um, Joe Biden, our fearless leader. Um, So in, in that thread or line of thinking, if he's meant to only be a one term president or even less, let's say that there, there's already talk of the 25th Amendment. I don't know about any of that. If they're really going to pull him out of office, it does us no favors if he's impeached, let's be honest, because then we have Kamala 
And if Kamala is impeached for some reason, it's Nancy Pelosi. So we are not like fixing to get him out and put a good person in. But I don't think they want him. I think he's becoming more and more of a liability. And if they always knew that he was going to be the fall guy or if they needed a way to have an exit strategy, planting a laptop with all kinds of very sloppy connections of him and his son to Ukraine, China, Russia, all these different, you know, child pornography, all the things that are on the laptop, which if you're not, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I should do a whole podcast on the Hunter Biden laptop, but it's just so absurd. The you know, what, what is coming out of that story and what came out of that story. Let's remember that that story broke pre-election in, I believe, October of 2020 before the election in November. And it was absolutely just taken off every social media platform. You were just, you could not talk about the Hunter Biden laptop, but the, the laptop was supposedly left at a repair shop by hunter biden himself and I, th- I believe there's more than one there's three laptops oh, I, don't know about that. I thought he left more than one but but what like first of all who leaves a laptop when you are the potentially next president's son that is just so wildly careless to me that i it's i mean i know that hunter biden's like this crazy drug addict person and like it's not a total stretch but it would be very convenient to have this like exit strategy built in that whenever you want to deploy this laptop, you can basically blow up the presidency. And we'll see what's happened, what happens with that. But I just want to say that I think the laptop was a plant. It also randomly finds its way into Giuliani's hands. And he's the one that hands it over to the, the FBI. I just think that's really unlikely also in Strange. Um, it was handed over to the FBI by the shop owner, allegedly. Okay. And then the shop owner got upset when the FBI never did anything with it mm-hmm. and had made a copy of all the data and then gave got it, it to, to Giuliani. I'm just repeating, you know, something the I story. Heard, it's just all smells a little bit. And I haven't heard anybody talk about that the laptop could have always been a plant by the left or by the elite or the deep state or whatever you want to call them. It's all one big happy family, all those deep state leftist, elitist, globalist crazies. But I think that's likely. So I just want to put that on record as Wendy's uh, thoughts on Hunter Biden laptop source. So we'll put a pin on that and come back. What would be a really good uh, sign of you being correct in that would be if the liberals media all of a sudden starts... Picking it up. Anyway. My podcast. <laughs> if, uh, I, if my podcast goes through the roof in popularity, uh, I'll know. Uh, if if the they've denied... At first it was Russian dif- disinformation. Mm-hmm. Then it was unverifiable. Then Joe Biden didn't know anything about it, but it is verified. And then Joe Biden did know stuff about but it. But he's not he involved in anything. anything. And now if it gets to the liberal media actually like paying attention to it and validating it, that would be a sign to me that, okay, now they're going to use this against, you know, they're going to Oh, they are. CNN did a thing on it. This is happening. So I'm right. That's what you're saying. You heard him. He said, I'm right. Okay. Well, that's, we're going to put a pin in that and circle back. 
around uh, to that one. But I want to talk about, you know, kind of go go back to the Ukraine-Russia situation because we've talked about it before. We've talked, you know, there's, there's, I feel like we're emerging a little bit from the fog of war where there was this time, you know, for the last couple of weeks, I mean, it's only been a couple of weeks, right? Like maybe six weeks. Is that even true? I can't even remember how long ago Russia invaded. 47 days. Yeah, it has not been a long time, but it has been confusing. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about what is this about? What are they after? There was obviously a lot of propaganda out there weird yeah massive weird imagery videos that were old and reused and all this stuff and it was really hard to tell what was going on and i will give you credit my husband has centered on really what this is about and i agree and want to talk about it i mean it's not something that we haven't talked about before just the collapse of the dollar Um, but we want to really lay out what um, what is happening and how it connects to um, Ukraine and Putin's, I'll say it, brilliance. He's an evil genius. So tell us what's going on with how this ties into the dollar. Okay, so it's a bit of a where to begin thing, but we have to have, build a little bit of context here. Um, and I've some of you who keep up with the podcast might have heard this before, but you know, Vladimir Putin, I believe, came into power in 1999. Um, and f- ever since then, his number one stated goal has been to uh, dethrone the American dollar from the reserve currency status of the globe. And, and just to recap, that yeah. means that in order to buy oil... That's the petrodollar, but fundamentally... Most goods, most commodities have been traded in dollars globally. Globally, so even adds value to the dollar. If the Danish want to buy oil, they have to go essentially exchange marks or whatever the heck they use in Denmark or wherever for dollars, and then use those dollars to buy oil. It, it props our um, fiat currency, our up. currency up on a major pedestal like way, 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 way higher than anybody else's. And it is it is the mechanism that allows us to print money. If you hear about this term, you know, oh, printing money, it's not that they're just literally printing money. It's that they are able to create money fundamentally out of thin air based on this debt that there is such a demand for dollars and that is the the perk of the reserve it's currency. It's the only status. thing that gives our fiat currency any value or stability. And Putin yes. knows that if he can unseat that, he can wreck the US. I mean that's that's what he it, it, if you're, you know, as a a student of, you know, warfare or, you know, geopolitical student, I mean, if you're if you're the underdog Russia or China over the last 50 years, um, you're, the bully on the block in their mind has been the United States, right? The fall of the Soviet Union. We won the Cold War. Um, you know, it's, it's that was a major mark left on Russia and China, the East, if you will. And they haven't forgot about it. And if, you're, if they sit down and strategize 
you know, how do we beat America? Very quickly they realize, well, United States has 11 or 12 aircraft carriers. I mean, that's that's 11 more than the next. You know, China only <laughs> just now got their first aircraft carrier. Russia hasn't been able to build an, a proper aircraft carrier yet. So it's like we they can't fight us toe-to-toe, but that doesn't mean that they haven't come up with another way, right? And they haven't been planning and figuring out our vulnerability. And our vulnerability is our monetary policy. And um, this is such a uh, rabbit hole because the more you look at uh, our monetary policy, um, you find that many other wars and conflicts and dethroning of of and re and reinstating different regimes all over the world that we have done have been it's not for freedom and democracy it's usually because it's oftentimes been there's many examples of this people who were going who were a threat in even a small way to the dollar's uh being unseated. absolute rule of of currency um Anyone who wants to go to a gold-backed currency, that's a major threat to a fiat currency. Fiat meaning backed by nothing. Um, every All currencies, well, most currencies used to be backed by something. Gold has been a standard for a long, long time. Like, fair enough, enough to say basically thousands of years. There have been fiat currencies in the past, all of which have failed. And so will ours. And we have talked about that in the podcast in the past. But the question is when. The question is when. And that is our vulnerability. And Putin recognized that and has been, he has been holding little summits and all very friendly stuff. And he's been gathering people at the table, basically saying, hey, why should the United States get all the benefit from the reserve currency? Wouldn't it be better if we used he ref, it's referred to as a basket of currencies? Wouldn't it be better if you know the Indian currency got a little bit and the Chinese currency got a little bit of love and the Russian currency got a little bit of love and the Iranian currency and the Pakistani and basically he's pitching them saying i'll I'll split the plunder with you, you know, like let's all do this a little different and Brilliant. It'll, it'll be fair. It, it, and and he's got a a good argument, and it's a, appealing to them. But for the last twenty years, those countries have been basically afraid to stand up to and take that like major step. They all know what it means to to move against the dollar. You know, like they know what the consequences of that. You're have in been. the crosshairs of the largest military on the face of the earth. Military, uh, State Department intelligence community etc and so basically they've all said yeah 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 no that does sound appealing but you know we'll just it's probably best to just keep the status quo and and nothing has come to fruition well i do believe that putin has been and i don't know if i'm willing to go so far as he's super brilliant but he really seems to be a student of this specific issue and he has very carefully painstakingly walked this plan forward for a lot longer. He did not, um, this is not something that just came to his mind this year as a New Year's resolution to take Ukraine. Like, 
this has been something he has been preparing for. So when he saw the pandemic wreak the havoc economically, globally that it has, and he knows that, you know, our debt to GDP ratio is, you know, 130 something percent, you know, absolutely astronomical. We're ripe for the picking. We are absolutely ripe for the picking. Um, you know, we printed some, I mean, depending on who you talk to, it's like 30 to 80% of the dollars um, have the in existence have been printed in the last 18 months. Like either way, like lowest end is still catastrophic and highest end is unreal. You know, um, he saw an opportunity and he said, this is our time. We must move. The giant is weak, you know, and... While Ukraine is highly strategic, and and I won't, um, you know, there, there's absolute strategic value to Russia in Ukraine. Um, but what I always look at is I try to see the bigger picture, the, the, the through line of the story, and not just the short-term victories and stuff, but you look at it and you go... Putin's not really fighting in Ukraine to win or Russia's like completely incompetent, right? As we're starting to see this picture develop and it's very difficult to know what is and isn't happening on the ground in Ukraine exactly because of the propaganda, but either they're halfway trying or they're completely incompetent. But what I would pose is that Russia, uh, Putin being a student of, of the Western um, strategy, he knows that we don't rush to a fight. The first thing we always do in the UN, in the EU, in NATO is sanctions. We will first threaten and enact sanctions. And of course, and what's a sanction? A sanction is is usually economic or trade, you know, related, and it's basically says like all of us won't trade with you, which can be extremely harmful depending on the type, nature, and reach of that sanction. Well, we just took some of the most severe sanctions we have, as far as I know, ever um, instituted, let alone against, you know, another major power in the world. But what we did is there there's a banking system called the SWIFT banking system, and that was designed by the United States back in gosh like post-world war ii it's actually really old um and it's it's basically like a way to transfer money between banks and it's how dollars are transferred so american dollars and we cut them out of that system almost entirely and so they can't get or trade dollars exactly that's the fundamental gist of it yeah there's more detail to it but yes fundamentally they're cut out of the dollar system. They can't, it's very difficult for them to spend their dollars and very difficult for them to get any more dollars. And you're saying Putin knew or could have known we were going to do that. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And so he positioned himself to be very much benefited by such a sanction. Right. As opposed to harmed. Let me, and this is going deep, but I want people to understand maybe a little bit of just where where I come up with this, if you will. You know, Putin was amassing troops for almost a year, really. Yeah. It, it, this was not overnight. 
It's not a surprise attack on Ukraine. Anyone who's been in the military or you know military, if you if you you don't even have to be you know up high in the military to have this just general idea of how they work. As soon as you know he was even remotely massing troops on the border, the State Department and the Department of Defense are working and talking together on all levels. What if you know? And they're preparing plans. What if they're always doing this for every possible thing that they can come up with and definitely obvious threats like Russia amassing troops on the border of Ukraine and they're going to come up with what sanctions they might institute and what military plans they might put into play um, if X, Y, or Z happens. So all of that is available to Putin theoretically via intelligence. So he might have been waiting to hear. He might have been doing that troop buildup longer and longer to get more intelligence on just what sanctions might be coming his way because he actually wanted a certain degree of sanction to occur. And he kind of wanted to make it bad enough. And we'll get to that. But basically, he invaded. We rolled out these sanctions. Um, It crashed the ruble by, I don't know, 40 to 60% or something initially. Ruble is the Russian currency. Um, But almost immediately, I think it was within five days, China and India offered to buy Russian oil. In rubles. In rubles. Um, Well, and it was partly in... We partly didn't see that yen, coming. So partly in the Chinese currency, um, which again, Russia was always said, we're okay with that. Like, we'll we'll trade in other yeah. currencies. That's fine. Like he, They were always proposing that. His main enemy is just whatever makes you happy as long as it hurts the United yes. States dollar. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend. The enemy of my enemy, enemy is, my, is friend. my friend. I believe that is out of yep. Sun Tzu, Art of War. I could be wrong on that, but... Either way, uh, so he, five days into the sanctions, he's, he's selling his oil. countries on earth are like, we'll take your oil in your own currency or in our currency. So I don't want to make it sound like it just worked out super rosy for Putin, but like really all in all, from an economic standpoint, things are going really well. All things considered. Now, I know some people would be like, you are high. Really well for Russia. For Russia. Yes. Because. In the long game. Well, what happened to oil when this all happened? It skyrocketed. Right? So then Putin's oil is worth double. So he's not upset about that. And he's got people that are willing to buy it in his currency. And he's still got everyone who's going to buy it. Not hurting him any. In the oil industry, which is a huge economy, huge export for Russia. Things are good. Things are great. Things are good. Um, Better than pre-invasion. So within, what, like two weeks or something? I can't remember exactly. But shortly thereafter that, the ruble has crashed. There were runs on the banks. Like Again, he knew all this was going to happen. He knew it was a part of the process, just one step at a time. They had a plan. Russia has been buying and, and increasing their gold holdings. So has China massively over the last two decades and the united states has not not so much not done that so uh russia that he made a move to back the ruble in gold 
So it is now 5,000 rubles to one gram of gold. And the idea of that is... that is, currently the only gold-backed currency? I think it might be. That's a big deal. It's a really big deal. It's and a, that just happened last week. Yes. Last yeah. week. Well, yeah, 10 days ago now, something like that. But that's a huge deal. And essentially what that means is that our, you know, our paper dollars, you can't go get anything else but those paper dollars. So, like, they have to be, their purchasing power is all they have. Now, a ruble, right now, you can take 5,000 of them and go get a gram of gold. Now, that might not sound like a lot, but, like, a ruble is, I forget what the exchange rate was for American dollars to, um, to rubles or whatever, but it was something like, it is varied between like 20 and 80 rubles to a dollar. So that would only be like four or $500, um, to go get a gram of gold. I'd have to do the math on the top of my head, but, but a gram of gold, a pr let's call it $60 at spot or something right now. 60 American dollars at spot price of the gold, um, which is the price that it's traded at, not what it costs to get it delivered to you for what it's worth. But um, that sets both two things, is it sets a bottom dollar value for the ruble. Mm -hmm. If it's backed in gold, it can't go any lower than whatever the price of gold is, yep. which is... Always the, going to be valued. And that's as a, pers as a, as a peasant, as a person who conducts commerce that's what we want generally speaking is like our dollar that's the opposite problem or that's the, i'm sorry that's the opposite situation of what americans are dealing yep. with right now our currency is losing value right now and there is no by floor. the month there is by the day by the I mean, day you, but how, we're, we have numbers coming up. out tomorrow well april and, 12th yeah measuring it, how much we've lost of our <laughs> Of our buying power. But there is no floor on that. Like, the dollar can go to zero. There isn't something backing it up saying, this is At least the, it's the worth base this. value. And the ruble is, in my opinion, worth more than the dollar is today. Because the ruble has the floor of the value of a gram of gold. That's not your opinion. I mean, that's economics. Like, it, it's, it's math. economics, yeah. yeah. Um, Follow the science. <laughs> um, so what I see is in the Ukraine is, yeah, you have everyone's focused on how the war is or isn't going and what Europe's going to do about it and what America's going to do about it and what Russia's, how far are they going to push this and how all this stuff, right? And I really think that what if, what if, you know, let me pose this, like, what if it's not really about Ukraine? What if the greater objective is not Ukraine, but it, Ukraine is a deception and a strategy to get these things to happen? Because here's the thing. When Biden and the European leaders instituted these sanctions, that essentially removed the dollar from the reserve currency status. And let me explain that. The idea of a reserve currency status, and I'm stealing this, I forget who said it, it might have been Jim Rogers, uh, for, to give credit where credit's due. Um, he said the idea of a reserve currency status is that anybody, anywhere, can buy or sell anything 
in that currency status at any time in that currency. So if you go to the middle of Africa and you show them a Mexican peso, that might mean nothing to them. The same way that if I have a Mexican peso in the United States, it's like not really worth anything to me here. But you can take a $100 bill to the ends of the earth and and they know that's worth something to them. They will take that money from you. They want that money or historically have. Um, when, but the reason for that is that it's good everywhere. It's, it, it's good whether you're trying to buy cocaine or, <laughs> you know, I hate to say it, but hookers or, you know, cotton or gold or wheat or grain or cars or whatever. It's, it is a universal global currency. But when you tell an entire nation state that happens to be, you know, whatever, 11th largest in the world. They can't use it? They can't use it? You took yourself out of the seat. You literally eliminated that. You've said we don't want to be everybody's anywhere, anytime currency. We want to be everybody but these people. That happens to be what is it, one-seventh of the oil production or, you know, one-ninth of the oil production, all these one-fifth of the grain prop, you know, like all these different massive industries cannot be traded in dollars anymore. So guess what? They're still going to get traded in something. We also failed to realize there's, well, or did we? There's a lot of countries that would happily see us tumble that would love to unseat the dollar so again, thus comes out of this crisis, the alliance between Russia and you were talking about the Saudi Arabia, Saudi yeah. Arabia. Um, you know, the petrodollar term was is coined because Nixon signed uh, an agreement, an accord with OPEC, the oil producing countries, uh, which are really led by Saudi Arabia back in the 70s, um, to basically guarantee that OPEC oil would be sold in dollars. That's what why our dollars often referred to as the petrodollar cuz it's kind of backed by oil in a way or or propped up by the demand for oil. Um it's not backed by oil. It's propped up by the fact that it's oil, the number one commodity that makes the world go round is was only sold in dollars. So we had an agreement to where the United States would be the military protection for Saudi Arabia. And in exchange, they would only trade oil and dollars. Well, Saudi Arabia departed from that basically a few Last months week. ago. <laughs> and yeah, basically like two months ago or something. And signed an agreement with Russia. And... A lot of, to just give a little more detail on a lot of that, you know, we have been growing apart, Saudi Arabia and us. Remember, they killed that journalist um, that was really frowned upon. I don't know if you remember that. I forget the guy's no. name, but he went into their embassy, never came out, but he went into one of those uh, sniffs, or not sniffs, uh, skiffs, um, and those basically got cut up into a hundred pieces and taken out. 
Um, I wish I could show you the look on my face because I don't remember this story. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was a couple years ago, but you know that story they, about the reporter that got cut up into a million pieces. You know that one. The international community in in an embassy of a. I mean, the world is a crazy place. Like if you pay attention, oh, man. it is crazier than a Tom Clancy novel. Um, but basically, that but was. Is it cooler than Yellowstone? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but basically. Uh, when the United States Congress passed a resolution condemning Saudi Arabia for 9-11, actually like implicating them in Saudi Arabian intelligence in 9-11. I don't know. A lot of people don't know that happened. Um, and it's, they were mad. They were, they were extremely, extremely upset about that. And they threatened us multiple times. Like, if you do this, if you do this, we will remember it. And, here we are. Here we are. And I'm not, just to be clear, I'm not saying we shouldn't have done that. I'm just saying they remembered it, and here we are. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Catch the second part of this conversation in The War on the Dollar Part 2, which will be coming out in just a few days. Hope it was helpful. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Heavenly Father, we pray for your guidance. Always, always, always. We know that your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we trust you and you alone. Lord, help us to discern in this time what our role is and what we can do to be prepared, Lord. And I just want to take a moment to pray against the spirit of fear, Lord, that that is, does not take hold in the hearts of our listeners, Lord. I just pray against that and that they would be anchored in your peace and know that you are the one with the master plan and your plans are good. We ask these things in your son's name. Amen.